Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. God is a good God. We are thankful for his word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> would like to talk to you this morning about courage. Uh, we uh, see the word of God um, actually tells us to take courage. So it must mean that it's something you don't just naturally walk in. It's something you have to take. It's something you have to um, actually consider and think about and aggressively grab hold of. Uh, there must be resistances to courage. There must be something that uh, would try and intimidate and cause you to be the opposite, which would be fearful, right? And uh, uh, so much of the word and all through the, the word of God, we see do not be afraid. So apparently uh, you can or can not be, depending on what you decide um, each and every day you're going to walk in. Um, but there are many voices, there are many conditions, there are many circumstances that try to push you into a place of fear and intimidation uh, where you um, act differently. I remember years ago um, when I first started wrestling was in junior high and uh, um, my parents divorced. I ended up moving to Barstow, California, which is just this side of hell. And uh, it was Washington State, green rivers, you know, desert, hot. I think it rained twice the whole year I lived there. But anyways, uh, so, and it was, it was AT double toothpicks for more than one reason. But anyhow, so, so I'm, I'm there and it's a, a, a multicultural um, setting of which uh, was new for me. And uh, of course, I had no problems with anybody. My mom raised me, you know, she beat my head if I ever th said anything wrong about people. And so I was raised to love everyone and and not be afraid of anyone. But my, my wrestling coach was this um, black gentleman um, who had nothing but meat and bones on his body. And he was a college-age person and tied his, his hair into squares on his head, you know. And uh, he just was kind of scary. So he, he um, helped me in the area of wrestling. And uh, so he would, everybody else would be done with wrestling practice, and he would keep me and uh, beat the snot out of me. I mean, he would just throw me around and flip me around and, and uh, was trying to help me to get rid of something he saw in me, and that was fear. And uh, so we went to our first wrestling match, and uh, uh, another uh, uh, young uh, black African uh, gentleman his, with his hair tied in squares and tied on his head um, uh, was um, the state, uh, actually uh, the champion. He was like, a, you know, a na national champion. Here I am just starting in the game, and here I am wrestling a national champion. Uh, so as you can imagine, um, I was already, I lost before I walked out there. I was pinned within three seconds, which has got to be a record to this day, you know. Um, and uh, uh, so, so um, long story short, my coach um, uh, when it was over, he said, your first mistake was when the whistle blew, you went backwards. And he said, you cannot win going backwards. And uh, so all the, this uh, scary gentleman did was he just did an ankle pick and boom, I'm already going backwards. <laughs> you know, I'm helping him. <laughs> like, woo! Boom, boom. It just was like that quick. And, and it wasn't collegiate rules. It was freestyle rules, which you only get like, whoo, bam, you're, you're pinned. As soon as your shoulders touch, it's over. And it was. And I, again, I, I hold the world record for getting pinned the fastest, I think. And uh, so, but, but as I began to build confidence, 
roll the clock forward, and I'm beating state champions in collegiate and freestyle. Because, why? Because uh, he wasn't the only person who spoke into my life. Others began to speak into my life, and they began to say things uh, that would change my game, like, nobody can take you down. And nobody can stop you from taking them down. And I'm like, as a young man, I'm like, yeah. And I began to visualize myself um, taking people down and nobody ever being able to grab these ankles. Nobody could hold me down. And nobody could stall on me because I developed my forearms so I could rip a person's arm off with my forearms. I injured a few people, not purposely, I'm not mean. Uh, And when it was over, I felt horrible. But many people were injured because because of that Mentality is no one can keep me from getting them. I'm going to get them. And the whistle would blow and they would be on their backs. Do you understand? What was the great challenge was the difference was fear versus confidence and courage. Never to go out onto the battlefield, onto the mat, in this case, having already lost. And, and, and time went forward, and, and there was a, a, a gentleman who was the state champion from before. This is in high school. And, uh, and he totally worked off intimidation. It sounds like the devil to me. And I'm, I'm getting ready to, to wrestle the state champion from the year before. And I noticed every time I look over, he was staring me down. And I thought, oh, that's hilarious. And he's going like this, looking at just every time I'd look at him. And I, 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 it was hilarious to me. So finally, you know, I thought, you know what? I'm going to have some fun with this. So I went behind all my team who sit in chairs while I'm getting ready to go out. I'm next. I said, on three, everybody stare this guy down. So my whole team, one, two, three, and everybody, whoom. So my whole team is staring him down, following him when he's going back and forth. And guess what? He quit staring. And guess what happened? I got in his head. And I want to tell you something. Within just a few seconds, I had that boy on his back. The state champion. Not something. But that's what fear does. You can't let the devil get in your head. I tell you what, if we have been, ever been in a, a day when Satan is, is marketing fear on every level, we are living in it today. The fear mongers are being paid to peddle fear. Because if you are afraid, you cannot win. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. And I don't know if anybody here has ever had butterflies in your stomach about something you were about to do. Uh, athletes would understand this. 
uh, many athletes, uh, that you, whether it's football or, you know, wrestling is an individual sport, um, tennis usually is, and so, so different sports where it's just you po- possibly has more tendency for uh, that, those butterflies, but basketball, you name it, um, has that potential, especially when you're getting into the playoffs, when you're up there and, and everything's on the line, even the coaches get butterflies. My coach used to wear his keys out because of, of nerves. <laughs> And uh, uh, my wrestling coach, uh, he, he, took me, he took us to state every year. We had the, a lot of times the most people going to state. Uh, he didn't like to lose. And, and so, so, you know, those butterflies, you know, uh, we change that anxiousness into power. And when I learned how to turn that into power is when it all changed. What used to be my defeat became my strength. Excitement, anticipation, but not anxiety. (laughs) And and it would cause me to explode. I don't know if you've ever seen athletes doing this. (laughs) Like, this is my food. I love this. We got a guy in the gym, you know. If he's not doing this, he's taking his shirt off. I think they kicked him out of the gym. I'm not sure. (laughs) But he's trying to say, this is my food. Working out, this is my food. I eat this for breakfast. (laughs) For me, I'd look at him and go, you need to eat a little more. (laughs) Because what, you you know, it's pretty evident. Isn't that right, Cheryl? (laughs) A lot of people have this going on, but nothing, you know. And so we need that, though, before you get the other. So we, we overcome weakness. We overcome fear. We overcome those butterflies, those things that are stopping us from doing what God created us to do. There are enemies to our purpose. There are enemies in resistance to our purpose. But that's not where it ends. Difficulty and challenge comes to our life. It's not the final story. It's not the final answer. Yes, I got pinned faster than anybody I know ever. But it's not the end of the story. So I didn't spend my whole wrestling career getting pinned in three seconds. To reevaluate. So funny, once you enter into this arena, it doesn't matter if you're playing ping pong with a friend. <laughs> I, if I lose, all I say is, that won't happen very much more. And I'll play them, and I'll play them. And it's just ping pong with a friend. But you're not going to keep beating me. Isn't that, isn't that something? But all of us were born with winter inside of us. You understand? With purpose and the ability to win. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So eventually I'm going to get to this message. Glory to God. He is our helper. Isn't that right? Praise the Lord. But here in in Joshua, really quick, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9 And we know we, we're coming right out of verse 8, and many of you are probably familiar with, you know, that we are to meditate in the Word of God um, day and night. Isn't that right? 
and uh, to observe to do all that is written therein. It says, then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Um, but in verse 9, it goes, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Jesus said, you overcome the world because I have overcome the world. So you have the overcoming power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And it's not by power nor by might, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. In the Message Bible, it says, haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage. Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. Come on, man. God is so good. Hallelujah. God's commanding us. When you know God's on the inside of you, know God's on your side, that God is with you, empowering you, that means there's nothing that can overcome you because the greatest being, creator of all things, sneezes and planets are formed, <laughs> breathed into Adam life, you imagine Satan talking to God about how cool he is and how he brought a third of heaven? You know, Satan led worship. That he was a cherubim who led worship. Lucifer, he was the most beautiful. He decides he's going to rule and reign. Of course, we know the story. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. God went, you know, that's how we got Crater Lake. So Satan now is talking to God and saying, now what are you going to do for worship? Now what are you going to do? Who's going to lead worship now? God spit in the dirt. Made a man. And went... He'll lead worship. Here we are. Satan used to be the most beautiful being. But if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And now I am an overcomer. Glory to God. More than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. I think God takes great pleasure in your victory after 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 victory. Glory to God. You got to understand that we were born for adversity. We don't run from a challenge. We look at it as an opportunity. You cannot win backstepping. When you hear about trouble, that's when your eyes turn towards it. 
What is this? What is this thing right here violating my presence? It was the rule from the beginning. And God told Adam, take dominion. We know what happened. But the, ru- the rule and our job has not changed that we are to dominate. It's inside of you. Don't try to suppress what God has put inside of you. Don't get me wrong. We are to submit to God and his authority and the men and women that God has placed in authority. When it's God-given authority, you submit to that. You know that and you do that. But listen, that doesn't mean that you submit to every word that comes out of this world's mouth. Or every circumstance that is thrown at you. Does God attack or does the devil attack your marriage? Yes. It is the first attack of Satan because the family is the strongest force against him. Marriage is an image of God. Don't just quit. Don't just quit. Don't just quit. Don't just give up. Hallelujah. Strength and courage. So in the message, he says, strength and courage. It's like he's commanding strength and courage into you. Glory to God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amplified says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. So we control ourselves. So when things happen, things come at us, we don't go, oh, my God. What are we going to do now? Oh, my God. What happened? We don't fall apart. We, we resist the temptation to fall apart. <laughs> Start whining like a, a stinking child. My mom, she helped me a little bit when I was little. You know, I used to do what some kids do. You know, you don't love me, you know. My mom would be like, you're right. Now get out of the kitchen. Like, dang it. (laughs) She never catered to manipulation or fed my little emotional whatever it was. So you, as a child, being geniuses, children are quite smarter than you think they are. You have to resort to different means. And after a while, if your parents are strong and and, uh, wise then you realize that I might as well have the character that my mom is trying to put inside of me and buck up. Now, I knew my mama loved me. Don't get me wrong. Because nobody would whip their child like my mama did (laughs) if there wasn't a sincere love for their children. (laughs) 
Let's look at Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 1. This is verse 17 and 18. I'm just going to go ahead and read it in the Amplified. It says in verse 17 of Jeremiah 1, But you, Jeremiah, gird up your loins, arise and tell them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed and break down at the sight of their faces, lest I confound you before them and permit you to be overcome. Y'all hear that? Do not be dismayed and break down at the sight of their faces, lest I confound you before them and permit you to be overcome. So there is a, a, a demand, there is a command from God for us to be courageous in that we don't allow people's faces uh, to uh, intimidate or cause us to fall into fear. And a lot of folks um, don't share the gospel because they're afraid of people. It says, uh, don't, don't be afraid of their faces. Well, uh, you know, have you ever uh, found people who don't look you in the eyes when they talk? And, and that's another thing we train our children to do, I hope, anyways, uh, that you say, look at him when you talk to him. Look at me when you talk to me. And, uh, you know, there's many uh, grandparents and parents uh, in the room. Uh, you know, it is something I encourage you to teach your children. Look adults in the eyes. Don't just walk by adults. Say, hello, Mr. So-and-so. Hello, Mrs. So-and-so. In some cultures, it's Miss First Name, Mr. First Name. Uh, whatever in your culture is respectful, that's what you teach your children to do. You understand? And address the adult because that's wh what's going to help them to overcome their fears, to not be afraid of their faces. The whole do not, uh, to be seen and not heard is definitely not God's plan. Is that what God tells us? No, he says, call unto me and I will answer you. We have an invitation to the creator of all things, the most powerful, to enter in before him, literally to sit in the lap of God and talk to him about anything and everything. So we can't teach our children to be fearful of adults or fearful of us. So we teach them. Look up, look them in the eyes. Praise God. Because uh, we feel like people are dishonest if they don't look us in the eyes. In fact, we can tell if our children are lying by that. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's how it happened. Because <laughs> they know if they look you in the eyes, you can tell they're lying. But what they don't know is because you're not looking in the eyes, they're lying. Right? Praise the Lord. We're talking about courage. We're talking about development of courage in children right then. But right now, I'm talking about courage in you. Are you looking people in the eyes? Are you able to go into the store, look people in the face, and ask them, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It takes courage to do that. But if you're afraid of their faces, you won't even consider it. But what if they judge me? What if they say this? What if they say that? It doesn't matter. I have a command from God to share the light of the gospel with all humanity. Amen. It's probably uh, one of the greatest fears that people deal with is public speaking. It's said that public speaking is feared more than death itself. 
And you'll have people that can talk one-on-one. But listen, honestly, uh, it is probably the greatest way to share the gospel is one-on-one. And you overcome the fear of being rejected. You overcome the fear of possibly uh, people saying something mean. And if you got to overcome that fear. I don't care what they say to me. I have a command from God. And I know this gospel is offensive. And so you're bound, if you do this at all, uh, to have somebody reject it. Praise the Lord. And say horrible things. Nobody will get saved if you keep walking in fear. We're going to have to come outside of ourselves and obey God. Say, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We have examples of people who overcame extreme resistance to their faith from Old Testament to New. Jonathan and his armor bearer, they go up a hill to take on the Philistines. And they kill 20 uh, Philistines and, and it empowers the whole entire army and they chase the Philistines down. Now everybody is going after the Philistines and before they were all fearful because faith and courage are contagious. People follow boldness. People follow courage. People will not follow you if you're sitting in a hole, shaking in your boots, and you're afraid. And you want people to follow the Lord? What about you? Are you able to give them something to look to, to inspire to? Jonathan, uh, he did not consider his own life. He went up that hill with his armor bearer. And together with his armor bearer, they slew those Philistines. How about David? He took on a giant as a boy. He came to bring a sandwich to his brothers. And his brothers are just beating him down. You punk, you little redheaded stepchild. I mean, they're just dogging him. And he heard this giant... Mocking the army of Israel. And so he's inquiring like, what? what's going on? They're telling him, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the army of the Lord? He starts inquiring. His, his brother said, you wicked little evil, nasty little stinky boy. And, and then David's like, is there not a cause? Isn't there a reason? And this got back to um, Saul. Y'all know the story? He's like, there's a crazy little boy. He's wanting to go down there and fight that giant. Can you imagine Saul going, let's see what happens? I thought that was interesting. He says, here, put my armor on him. David's like... No, I'm good. I haven't proven your armor. I'm going to just go ahead and go down there with my slingshot. And it says that the giant ran at him. We have circumstances and situations of life that are running at us. The proper response is to run back at them. And so David 
He's running and grabs um, some stones, and we know the story. Slings it, and bam, boom, cuts off the giant's head. Courage will change your destiny. He went from tending sheep to being the ruler of the children of Israel. Glory to God. And we are, we are looking through the word of God and we see many different stories of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember the names where I shed my shirt and to bed I go. <laughs> this is during Daniel's era and we know that, that they would not bow to uh, Nebuchadnezzar's, you know, his, his God he had created to himself his image, they would not worship. They did not consider their own life. And they said to him, they said, we will not bow. He said, our God will deliver us from the fire. But let me tell you this, even if he don't, we won't bow. Man, such confidence, such courage in the face of death. Listen, you can't do this and be afraid to die. We are coming into an era, church, we are coming into an era that if you are afraid to die, if everything you do is because you're afraid to die, you will not live a victorious life. Jesus came to deliver us from the fear of death. And we just have to rise up on the inside and be courageous and open up our hearts because, listen, multitudes are in the valley of decision. Multitudes, listen, hell expands her borders daily, sucking people off of this earth into hell for eternity. And the fact that you have your blessed assurance is great, and we are grateful and thankful for that blessed assurance. But listen, if you have any compassion at all, freely you have received, freely now give. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't tell me that it's not your personality. There is no clause in the Word of God for your personality. It's like, go into all the world and preach the gospel, unless you're an introvert. Unless you're not a people person. Unless, 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 unless we make excuses and we make reasons. When the Holy Spirit's dealing with our heart to say something, to tell somebody something, and we hold it in, and and we hold that gift, that precious gift, that deliverance in because of fear of being rejected. What if they think ill of me? Dear Lord, people have been burned in the, in the arena in Rome. People were burned, fed to dogs, bears, lions, and tigers, and, and, and burned at the stake for light. All these people have sacrificed themselves for the purpose and the plan of God, and, and we're afraid to be rejected. What if they think I'm weird? Listen, you are weird. You are peculiar. Listen, if fear of being misunderstood can stop you, what else is there? (laughs) Praise God. We have a responsibility to be courageous. He commands us to be courageous. And you get born again, you become an ambassador for the kingdom of God. It's all there. It's all in the word. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, you're a new creature. And you go down to verse 19, that we are ambassadors. We are representatives. So you get born again. You get saved from something for something. But listen, if you are not courageous, you'll do nothing. You think, oh, it's the blessing of the Lord. There's nothing going on in my life right now. But you know what? Those who live godly shall suffer persecution. Those who live godly shall suffer. How you living? Are things real comfy cozy? Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. We're so comfortable in our homes, our apartments, our homes. I have a really nice bed. Don't get me wrong, I worship when I get in it. <laughs> nice hot shower. <laughs> oh, God is good. I am blessed. You got to thank him, right? Woo. I am thankful. Don't get me wrong, it's not wrong to be thankful. But what are you doing? When you get out the shower, when you get out the bed, and you get into your nice little clothes that took you a long time, you have so many to choose from. Couldn't figure out which shoes. Have a nervous breakdown when there's not clean socks. I'm being persecuted. That is not the suffering we're talking about here. We're talking about you getting up some courage and taking the gospel to the world. And the devil, he oftentimes won't mess with you as long as you're silent. But I'd like to believe that God pours blessing out on those who are courageous and do the works of righteousness that he's called you to do. It has his first expression in sharing the gospel with those who are still lost. You might have other great things and works that you do for the kingdom of God, and those are great, but that does not exempt you from evangelism because the word of God commands us to do the work of an evangelist. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's look at uh, 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 1, it says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Turn to your neighbor and say, preach the word. So it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. <laughs> it sounds like there's going to be trouble when you do this. In the Amplified, it says, herald, this is 2 Timothy 4.2 in the Amplified, Herald and preach the word, keep your sense of urgency, stand by, be at hand and ready, whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome, you as preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Oh, Lord Jesus, do we have some work to do? 
and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. It sounds like we've been wrong, church. We thought we were here just to be friends with everyone. We are to be an irritation to the body of Christ and to the world. And when we go out into the world, we primarily are telling them that they need Jesus, right? That's the primary thing. We don't address their sin per se. You address their being separated from God. But listen, if we're talking to church folk, and we need to do some talking, people. If we're talking to the body of Christ, now we're talking about confrontation. Better are the wounds of a friend than the kisses of your enemies. And, and, and instruct them. Listen, there are Christians living destructive lifestyles. And we can't just say, give me a hug. Come here, sweetie. I know, I know you love the same sex people. It's okay. It's not okay. Amen. The Bible doesn't say it's okay. You can't live with somebody you're not married to and do the wild thing. There's only one safe sex, and that's under the covenant of marriage. Where's the church? Where's the church? Well, we just don't want to be dead religious. Listen, if you're not speaking the truth, you are already dead. Where's the courage? Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings because that's my friend. You are not being a friend to them. Better are the wounds of a friend. Are you kissing or wounded? I hear Christians say some bizarre stuff. Christians say bizarre things. You know, oh, but he's, he's so good for her. They're living together. That is not good for her. It's better than, you know, the, the husband that she committed adultery on to be with him. It's better because he's so good to her. You have lost your biblical mind. <laughs> Am I getting into people's business today? I have no idea. But it takes courage. It takes courage to speak the truth. And the truth hurts sometimes. Listen, in the sword, it's the sword. It cuts. It cuts. Either way, it's two-edged. It cuts both directions. Amen. Is this okay, you guys? I mean, we're talking about being courageous. We're talking about telling people the truth because the truth does what? It makes you Free. Freedom will come when the church begins to be courageous, begins to be straight, and begins to be bold that we won't back down when somebody says that there is a flu coming after you. Oh my God, I can't go out now. Go into all the world and go right out into it, right through. Walk through the flu, walk through the virus, walk through leprosy, walk through, walk through your enemies. Jesus just walked right through them when they wanted to kill him. Jesus. Jesus showed us how to do it. Demon-possessed people. He said, where are they? Let me get after them. What's your name? Our name is Legion, for we are many. Shut up. Come out. 
Jesus is courageous. He's the most courageous. He's who we follow. We follow him because of his courage. He endured the cross, despising its shame for the joy that was set before him. Now he says to bear our cross and to bear the burden and to be bold and to be courageous. Overcome the world because I overcame. And so now we go into all the world and we proclaim the gospel. I am not afraid. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. 2 Timothy 4, 3, and 5, I'll end with this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is not just because Timothy is a pastor. It is to everybody in the body of Christ. That we are to do the work of an evangelist. Amen. Preach and proclaim the word of God. Whew. Hallelujah. We are to go after dark things, things that aren't right. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I came to bring some division. <laughs> Hallelujah. You'd think Jesus walked around with flowers in his hair like a hippie or something, you know. Smoking weed. <laughs> love. Greater love does no man know than this than one would lay his life down for his friend. Jesus showed us how to do that. It was brutal. It was violent. But he faced it with courage. Glory to God.